Lined into left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch. Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Gone! Welcome back, Brian O'Grady. All right, I'm now joined by a very special guest, Kate Maniscalco, baseball content creator, crushes it on TikTok. Ask Kate is where you can find her. Uh, Kate, thank you so much for coming on. I've been looking forward to this all week. Like I was just saying, like, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. The Yankees won last night, thank gosh. Um, So I'm feeling a lot better this morning. But yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Huge fans of the podcast, so I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you listening. It means a lot. I wanted to start though, because I just feel like this 2023 baseball season in particular, like it's for you, especially it's just been a wild ride. I can only imagine like MLB network. I was literally just reading a New York post article about you that did a whole feature workup, which is has to be crazy. Um, Can you just put into words what this 2023 baseball season has been like for you? Yes. I think it's been crazy. Like you just mentioned. Um, It's one of those things where, I personally believe like you're working, you're working and you're like, oh, I don't see any results. I don't know what's happening. Like I'm posting on TikTok. I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. And then like everyone says, it always just like hits you all at once. One post goes viral. Talking Yanks retweets it. The second I saw Talking Yanks retweets it, retweeted it, my stomach like dropped. Then they repost on everything and then they followed me and I said, oh, oh, this is a lot. And then it was, yeah, the post reached out. MLB Network was reaching out. They were talking about it. So that was just crazy. But then you also have this moment like, oh my gosh, all of these people are talking about me at once right now, which is crazy. And I made a funny video when MLB Network put it up. So for those listening to the podcast, like I'm aspiring to be a reporter, like that's always been like my long-term goal. And I said, you know, I didn't really think that's how I would debut on MLB Network. I was thinking, you know, maybe analyzing the Yankees, talking about baseball, not me literally gasping for air, trying to run 10 miles. But I'll take what I can get. So it's just been absolutely insane. Pretty, very similar to how the baseball standings have been is how I would describe my 2023 so far. You're doing a lot better than the Yankees are. So yeah. uh, <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, <laughs> I did want to go back though. So your TikTok account obviously is your, is your biggest platform. How did you get started making content on there? Like wh- what kind of content did you start making then? And then what are you most focused on making now? Yeah. So I first started, it was last June and I remember going on TikTok and I was seeing all of these people just posting and getting these really cool opportunities about sports. And I said, oh, all right, maybe I'll just give it a shot. And initially I just did it. Like my original content was just storytelling. So I was just repurposing stuff like, oh, this is what happened in this game. This is what I think about this game. And it's so funny. I'm sure you do the same when you go back and you look at your content that you first posted. You literally cringe at yourself. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is what I used to say. But that's how I got started on it. But I grew like pretty rapidly in a couple months. Then the off season hit and everyone was like, all right, no, we're not following. We're not even going to engage with baseball content right now. Um, And then it really started to pick up towards the end of spring uh, training Now, instead of storytelling, I do more skits um, where I dress up as the teams in Major League Baseball. And I kind of just recap what went on during the past week as best as I can and make it kind of comedic, funny, relatable. So that's primarily my content right now. I also have started this series called Baseball for Baddies. That's for 
people who don't know anything about baseball. So I'm just trying to like teach them some slang. And because I found that I have a large male audience, so I was like, all right, let me try and target the female audience a little bit more. So that's pretty much what I've been posting right now. It's, I think you also – do you think you call it on your, your bio? It's like Gen Z's TikTok uh, – baseball TikTok reporter? Yes, yes, because I'm – because they, yeah. they don't have any, like, young reporters. So I said, no, that's how I'll, that's how I'll put it in. I like that, though. I, there is obviously, a, like, a, a market and a need for that for that kind of content for, for younger baseball fans of people that – you know, baseball is obviously in older sports, a lot of older people getting mad about Wander Franco flipping the ball up before he throws it. But um, for the people that are younger and are cool with that kind of stuff, like – I feel like you're you're creating content that fills a need. Do you, and obviously you've seen the numbers from that stuff, right? Yes, absolutely. And it's funny you said that. I remember I was talking to one of my friends who works for Overtime and they said, you know, we always just focus on like that Gen Z audience. And we've all seen Overtime has just been massive. They've grown incredibly. And I think it's because they specifically target a younger audience. They're not looking for the fans that are still watching the Yankees on cable. They're looking for the young generation from like 15 and under, I think they said, which is crazy. So I do think there's a need for that. And people's attention spans are just shorter. Like they're not going to read a full article. They'd rather just me recap it in 30 seconds, if that makes sense. Do you think that the efforts that baseball has done to get younger and to try to grow the game with the younger audience, has that, have you seen kind of like positive effects from that? Do you, do you agree with what they're, what they've been doing to try to reach the younger market? I do. Like, I think the creator class is a good start. I think that was useful to try and have content creators make baseball content. Um, I haven't seen much of it this year, but it's still early on in the season. But I know like their first creator class, there was like Jackson Olsen, Caitlin Hendricks. Like I thought they did an outstanding job with making baseball funny. And like they were doing like trending sounds with um, players on the team. And I thought, oh, this is great. This is like showing, this is humanizing the athletes, which is what I'm very passionate about. So I thought they did, they have been doing a great job. I think there is a lot more room to grow though as well. That that's funny you mentioned the creator class. I I know was it Caleb Green? I, I've known him a little bit. He's uh he does like MLB network breakdown analyst skits and I, there is ways to make funny baseball content and like what you've been doing on TikTok, which is just awesome. Um, but your background, you mentioned it, it was more storytelling driven. Um d- your background in media though, that was Yes Network? Yes, yes. Um I graduated college in 2021. I immediately started two weeks after I graduated. Oh, wow. As a, a, you know, a Yankees fan, somebody who grew up in the New York area, like how, like how crazy of an experience was that to be like, yeah, I work for the yes network. Insane. Um, I remember it didn't really hit me until about a month into working there, but I just, I learned so much. Yes is very special. And I don't think a lot of people give them a lot of credit for this is that they're a very small network. Like there's very few employees compared to ESPN, MLB network, places like that. And I think that they put on an excellent production. Like they have an amazing game. I know people, I mean, people were literally tweeting like in the postseason, like no shade to Fox or anything, but they're like, oh, we miss like the Yes Network replays and, you know, Michael K. Like, I just think that they do a really great job with the resources that they're given. And they're fairly new. I think they're 27 years old now. So they've done an amazing job. But yeah, that was, it, it was a crazy experience. I absolutely loved working there. How did you take that your your time working for Yes and that whole experience to kind of like fuel what you're doing now? Yeah, so it's actually funny. I was having a conversation with one of my bosses there at the time, and I said, you know, I'm trying to be on the air. Like that's kind of like my long term goal. I under, understand that like, I'm very young, and like I'm not I'm not telling you to put me next to Jack Curry on the desk. Like that's not what I'm saying at all. But 
you know, I kind of just want some insight. Like, what do you think? And they said, you know, typically it's like going to like a smaller market in the middle of nowhere and being a sports reporter, which I kind of took that and said, I feel like I can do it a different way. Like back then, that traditional route, there was no social media. There was no digital content. There was no podcast. So of course, that would be the traditional way. That's the only way you're going to get on television. But now we have virtual podcasts. We have streaming. We have TikTok. We have Instagram. We have so many different ways that you can have your voice heard. And I was talking to one of the younger colleagues and she said, you know what? Why don't you just try and do your own thing through it? Like, you know, you've taken so many tools that you've learned here. Like, I'm very good at finding stats. Like, I know how to like figure out baseball research and stuff like that. So I utilize that a lot with my content as well. I love that. I, I've done basically the same thing. I, I I started in TV news doing social media. And I'm like, hey, I would like to, you know, be in front of the camera at some point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. There's there's so many different ways to to get airtime to to get your voice out there where you don't have to necessarily go to the middle of nowhere and you know for three years make thirty grand a year and freeze your ass off somewhere in like North Dakota covering it's so girls true. JV whatever like there <laughs> it doesn't you don't have to do that now which yeah. is it it, does, it makes a lot of older people upset the ones that actually had to go grind it out and do that they're like ah these kids nowadays with their TikToks but um it's 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 absolutely you're you're absolutely you're crushing it you're you're gonna be you're, I, like the talent level that you have now is like going to take you the sky's the limit because Thank you. It, it's, it's so great. It, you know, we had Trisha Whitaker on this podcast, I think before the season started. And I know you're a gigantic fan of hers. Um, she's the best in the biz. What do you like about the way she goes about her work? Yes. Uh, that's actually how I found you guys to start because I saw that clip that I I've talked about, I literally talked about it to the New York Post. I wish they put the exact clip in it. I was so mad. But it was so, I was, that was my favorite thing in the world. Um, what I really drew me to Trisha is that she talks about humanizing athletes and not putting words in their mouth when she asks them questions. And that is something that has really frustrated me as a viewer is when you have these reporters not always, but sometimes just like completely disrespect the athlete. And I understand you want clickbait and you want breaking news. And I, I understand that the industry has to be cutthroat to an extent. But sometimes I'm sitting there going like, did you really just ask him that? Like, wh what if he was going to have a completely different response? And Trisha, what's amazing about her is she literally said on your podcast, I don't, you don't want to sensationalize it. Like, let them tell you how they're feeling. So I just, I think she's amazing. She's the master of like those post game. You have sixty seconds with a with a baseball player who, again, baseball players don't like to talk. Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed that by now, but yeah. by and large, these guys are just kind of like reserved and kind of shy. But she gets a minute, and she'll get like three or four hard hitting, to the point, concise questions in there. And every time I'll stop and watch it on Twitter, like when the like I think it's Bally Sports Razor tweeted out, I'm like, oh dang, yeah, she got Josh Lowe to do five things in a minute, and they're all awesome. Um, yes. She, she's the goat. I, she's the best. Um, do you have any other role models in sports or, or people whose content you, you, you try to learn stuff from? Yeah. So this is a little bit more untraditional. So all the skits that I do on TikTok, which is what I enjoy doing the most, they just take the most time, um, is Annie Agar is actually how I got that inspiration from. She does all skits with NFL. I'm, I'm, I'm trying one, one day I will get to the level as her, but she is brilliant. I think she is so well-versed in the NFL and just the comedic relief that she can bring to it. And what I love about her is that she does it to a point where she doesn't disrespect the athlete or disrespect the team. Like it's funny, but it's not rude. 
if that makes sense, because I'm sure you've seen there's been a lot of creators on TikTok that also post funny, funny MLB content, but there's like a line you don't cross, in my opinion, as well. And like you want to be respectful. And I think Annie does an outstanding job and she's funny about it. And like she gets the refs involved and she's very consistent with it. So I do love her as well. What's your creative process like when you're trying to come up with ideas for either trying to be funny or trying to, you know, break down things as more of like a reporter standpoint? Like when, when you're trying to think of video ideas, can you walk me through your, your creative process? Yes. So I'm, I typically spend about an hour and a half on Twitter, just constantly retweeting things or taking pictures and screenshots. It's, it's very messy, but the way I go about posting and what I do post is very strategic. So I try my best not to give my opinion on TikTok, which is not standard, but in my view, I don't think that I'm well-versed enough and have enough experience with baseball and reporting and talking to athletes and understanding the media to really give my opinion. So when I'm telling a story, I try and make it funny. The skits are absolutely off the top of my head. I'll just say that right now. Like all the skits are off the top of my head. I don't write those out. That's just how I go about those. Um, but any storytelling type, I try and just relay what happened in the game. And sometimes I'll say, like, if I was a reporter, these are the questions that I would have asked. So those I will write down. I'll like write down those reporter questions. That's fascinating, though. So you've never you've never felt inclined to give a take, or you know, there's obviously everybody has takes. Like I just saw a guy on TikTok say that Max Scherzer is a definite cheater, and I'm like, well, that's a take. I mean, he's he's putting it out there, but to hear you say, I'm not, I'm not big into that kind of content. Why, why is that? Yeah. Sometimes I do. If it's the Yankees, I, I'll give like a, a short take, but you know what it was one time I like without going into like super specific detail. One time I did give my opinion on a video and I kind of got some like backlash because I'm not like a well-established reporter. So I kind of said, all right, like I don't want to come across as that type of person on social media, which is why I took a step back. Interesting. Yeah. You, you'd rather present the news as opposed to, you know, be an analyst or, you know, hop on and, and talk about what, what you think happened. That's, that's interesting to hear. Yeah. I think long, long term, I would love to be an analyst. I just, you know what it is? I feel like with social media, and I'm sure you've recognized this as well, I've just seen a lot of people take things out of context and take one bit and repost it, stitch it, and then just go on a rant and then get, it gets a million likes. And it, it's tough because, like I think Jack Curry can bash the Yankees. Michael Kay can bash the Yankees. But if I were to sit there and bash the Yankees, they would say, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like you don't even work for the Yankees, if that makes sense. How have you How have you navigated, I mean, obviously women in sports, they, they have a harder time with, with men on social media trying to, you know, mansplain or, or talk down to them when it comes to that kind of stuff. How, how have you kind of navigated that with your, with your personal TikTok stuff? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, sometimes you'll get some comments that just say like baseball women make me angry or you know what I have noticed? I did a video where I explained the infield fly rule. For some reason, it's they found like every single thing that I missed in the infield fly rule. Like I think there was one thing I missed that everyone had to point out and it was that you can't bunt a pop-up. And I was like, how many people are bunting a pop-up? Like, of course you can't, that's not going to be an infield fly rule. Of course it can't be a bunt. And I remember sitting there going like, I wonder if a man were to explain this, if they would have found 800 things that they could nitpick about the video. That's the thing that you kind of just like always has to be on your toes because if you do get one thing wrong, you're just going to get reprimanded in the comments. 
I've been watching baseball my whole life. I couldn't explain the infield fly rule if right at all. It's it's like it's not that easy to explain. And people are like, oh, she did like a decent job, but you missed this, 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 and this. I'm like, okay. This is this baseball is the ultimate sport where the rules don't make any sense and you have to like go through and there's like 10 paragraphs for everything. Right. And you just have to accept that, yeah, there's gonna be like, I don't know what just happened. No. Um that's well that that's I'm sorry to hear that that's still a thing going on. But yeah, it's it always bothers me when you when you see that kind of stuff in the comments where it's just a bunch of like old dudes with wraparound sunglasses on trying to trying to stick it to whoever's creating content. It's like, all right. Yeah. Um, but as you kind of like grow your following on TikTok and you, you're getting all these these awesome views and creating a small community there, like what what are some other goals that you have throughout the rest of the season? Yeah. So in the coming months, I do want to start a podcast, but I want it to be geared towards very kind of similar to what you guys do as well, like interviewing athletes and expanding the game that way. Because I don't think for some reason, I mean, you mentioned this too, like baseball players don't really like to talk. Like they don't, baseball players, you, we don't really like hear from them that much. Like there's no social media geared to their off season. Like that is what I'd love to do. I'd love to do like a documentary on baseball players during the off season, like what they do. Or I don't know if you saw this. Um, sorry, I'm a little all over the place with like my goals, but the Minnesota twins, they just came out with this like behind the scenes documentary during the season. And they had Carlos Correa mic'd up in the clubhouse and he was giving a post-game speech. I said, this is brilliant. Like whoever came up with this, this is genius. Like that is the type of content that I think is the future of baseball. I would love nothing more to be in part of that because I'm very passionate about humanizing the athlete. So that's definitely like next step in content. I love that. Yeah. And that's, that's the same thing where I, I'd rather do an hour podcast of just like a really good interview with an athlete and just like getting to know them and asking them questions about their life and all that stuff. Um, I'm, I feel, I find myself, I'm not as good as giving the hot takes uh, yeah. as the people on TikTok will be quick to point out. Um, <laughs> I did one where I was like, Mike, Mike Trout shouldn't be mic'd up during the yeah, remember Sunday night baseball where they do the in-game mic'd up where they're asking yeah. questions and these guys again they don't like to talk and uh I, I did a I did a minute rant I was like ah we, we probably should be putting mics on these guys they're trying to do their job and get Carl Ravage asking them weird questions but um that yeah <laughs> did not did not go over well uh wait what did the comments say I'm so curious oh th- th- it was a lot of like the the nerd glass emojis they just <laughs> called me called me a nerd um and uh, they said it's fun and it grows the game. I'm like, in some cases, yeah. Like Mookie yeah. Betts jogging down a fly ball in spring training, sure. But in spring training, like there's my- a time and a place. <laughs> it's hard to convey that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, they, it, it gets the numbers, but also it's, it gets you, you know, the trade off is you get called a nerd for a year straight. But uh, <laughs> so funny. I, I like that type of content. I like that line of thinking that you have. The, the thing that you do on TikTok so well that I think obviously has been pretty big for you is the the run a, run, a, run a mile for every run the Yankees score the night before if they win the game. Yes, that has been deadly for me, but it, it does well on TikTok. People like it. <laughs> for, I guess my first question is, how are you able to, to talk so efficiently while running? Okay, that's thank, you know what? Thank you so much for that because I was listening to what I did today and I was running. I'm like, I sound like I've never ran in my entire life like that like I feel like I'm panting because I look at the runners on TikTok who like will talk while they're running and you would think that they're walk not even walking you would think they're sitting down that is how composed they are when they're running meanwhile I'm holding the phone first and they also hold the phone so gracefully I'm like holding the phone I'm also very short holding the phone I'm panting 
And I'm like, nobody's going to even understand what I'm saying. I'm trying to recap the Yankees game while I'm literally, I can't breathe because I'm seven miles in because they decided to, you know, score that many runs last night. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, but it's fine. It does well. So I'm happy about it and it's fun. The videos are stable. I can understand what you're saying most of the time. So that's, <laughs> Thank you. I, I would call that a win. What's a... Uh, What's been your favorite part about making those? And just uh, there's so many great positive reactions to those videos. And I think people actually like if they're Yankees fans that follow you on TikTok, I think once they win the next day, they're like almost like they can't wait to see what the the running TikTok will be the next day. So what's what's that been like? What's what's your favorite part of making all these? Yes, actually, exactly what you just mentioned is when I post the video and people comment, say like, oh, we were watching. I was watching it with my husband or I was watching it with my friend last night. And I said, oh, that poor girl has to run tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but a really cool part too was that I have like Red Sox fans in my comments saying like, oh, I'm going to do this for the Red Sox. And they're tagging me in their running videos. And I was like, wow, that's that's really cool. Like maybe we could all just become runners and drop dead by the end of the season unless we're, you know, the Oakland A's. But other than that, it's it's cool. It's cool seeing other fans too, like support a Yankees fan because I feel like that's kind of hard to come by. The, I think you might be the most likable Yankees fan on the internet. I don't know. Some some of them are tough. It's a tough follow. But yeah, ha- have you considered expanding and making this like a virtual run club of sorts, having all 29 other teams join in on the fun? Oh, I haven't. But that's actually a good idea. Maybe I will do that. I was going to pick a different team every month. But then I said, oh, no, that's that's kind of mean to the Yankees. They're going to be like, wow, you, ban- you banned us because we can't score any runs. But that is kind of cool. Maybe I will do the virtual run club. I do want to try, especially this month, um, mental health awareness month is in May. So I'm trying to find like an organization to kind of donate uh, money to for like every mile that I run this month, something that supports mental health. But I have to do a little bit more research for that. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah no, it's you're like, what do you have in your running playlist? Because sometimes if the Yankees go off, you have to do a half marathon. Like what? what's keeping you sane for an hour plus? Okay, this this actually might get me canceled on social media. Um, I listen to Glee, like musical theaters. Like I listen to like the Wicked playlist. You're like, Justin's like trying not to laugh. Like literally the Wicked playlist, Glee. Um, and then I listen to some like pop, but it's it's mostly like defying gravity. I'm going to be honest. Like that's, it's kind of embarrassing, but that's what I like to run to. That's that's not even remotely the oddest thing. I have a friend that she <laughs> she she does she does what you do. She'll listen to like musical theater stuff, but then she'll listen to true crime podcasts because she said it freaks her out and that it makes her run faster because she feels like there's somebody chasing her. So, oh my gosh, I might need to try that. But that's kind of genius. Just like cereal, yeah. <laughs> Wait, but that is actually kind of really weird though. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to true crime. Yeah, true crime. I I haven't tried it yet. Uh, you should. But I probably won't, but <laughs> the idea is there. Uh, I am an aspiring runner myself. Uh, I'm training for, I'm doing my first 10K in a couple weeks. Oh, wow. um, thank you. Uh, but I, yeah, if, if this turns into something, I don't know. I See, I have too many teams. I claim too many favorite teams to do the whole, if they win, do a mile after, because I'm an right. Orioles fan, a Nationals fan. I'm riding with the Buccos. It's, oh my God. I'd have to do, I'd have to do a 30 miles every single day. Um, we're not there yet. What, like, in a World Series situation, though, like, who would you choose? Would it be, I like, love, a coin flip? I love all my children equally. Um, <laughs> dude, I don't play favorites. Uh, Good answer. I, 
I was just I'm just gonna pray that the the Orioles and Nationals won't be good at the same time ever again. Like they the Orioles are good won't. now and the Nationals aren't. So it's like I don't have to worry about this. This is a non it's a non like issue. Yes, true. It's That's uh so but when they were good at the same time, it was tough because everybody was calling me a bandwagoner. I was like, I live in Maryland, it's kind of hard to do that. Um but I'll bandwagon <laughs> with the Pirates. Me. They need it. The Pirates do they need it though? Not right now. Maybe, maybe well, during, it's still early. It is. It, it's May 4th when we're taping <laughs> yeah. this. So, um, yeah, we're, we're taking applications for the Bucko bandwagon. You can raise the Jolly Roger and get a cool sword. That's awesome. Um, the sword thing is cool. I feel like that's very cool. I, I feel like a lot of teams are trying to do the home run celebration now. You had the, the Orioles Homer hose. Yes. I think I just saw somebody's doing like a, a weird mask thing. I don't know. It, had, had, do you think that this is the the home run celebrationification of baseball? Do you think it's gone too far? I don't think. I mean, it's very dramatic. Like even I think, what did the Padres do? Oh, I talked about it. the Padres were like using Buzz Lightyear as a pinata. That wasn't really a home run celebration, but they get they get really into it as well. Um, I think it's kind of fun. I think it keeps the younger fans engaged. Like I really like the Orioles one. That one's pretty cool. I think they were really what set this whole trend off because. Every every team now after that, like the Blue Jays used to have that weird suit jacket, which yes. I'm sure they never dry cleaned. <laughs> um, and then the, the the Nationals did like they put like a powdered wig on. I was like, guys, no, yeah, no, yeah, just chill out. Um, but I I do think that all like the team social like like social media managers are dying for that those retweets and engagement. They're like, guys, just like do something fun. We'll we'll tweet it. I know the Yankees will never like I'm waiting for the day that they do some, some type of home run celebration. <laughs> I feel like it's like against they, they can't do it. Ooh, off topic, but also related to the Yankees. Cause I want to talk about that next. Okay. Uh, does it bother you when you see people wearing Yankees jerseys with the name on the back? Yes. Very frustrating. It's very frustrating. I actually have one that my mom got me a couple years ago that has um, Jeter on the back. I said, mom, this is like disrespectful. She's a Mets fan in her defense, so like she doesn't really get it. But yes, wait, why? What do you think? Do you think it's weird? Uh, yes, I think it's hilarious too. Uh, you know, I'll also I'm I'm just I'm in Orioles Twitter pretty deep, and then anytime we see a Yankees fan doing something off the wall, I'll be like, this guy definitely has a name on the back of his jersey. Um, That's literally how you insult a Yankees fan. Like, oh, you definitely have a name on the back of your jersey. <laughs> how it's common so are they? You go to a Yankees game. What percentage of jerseys have names on them? Seventy percent. I'm not even kidding. It's, it's, I've saw it. I've been to actually a decent amount so far. It's like five or six. You see a lot of them and like, okay, this is not trying to be stereotypical, but like they, like it's from, it's always from people who actually look like they know baseball that have the name on the back of the Jersey. And then it's like, like a young girl who like knows nothing that doesn't have the name on the back of the Jersey. I'm like, wait, what is going on here? That's that just blows my mind. Yeah, it's yeah. all the all the tradition and the prestige of of being a Yankee and, and being a Yankees fan. And you see a guy, it's like, hey, I, it's Judge. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Ninety nine? I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I had to ask about that because it's it's very very it's a it's very funny on on other teams' Twitter accounts just just throwing shade at the the Yankees fan base. Like, hey, all right, so number two, Jeter jersey. <laughs> like it's, no profile it's picture. It's like, who even are you? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, sticking with the Yankees, though, uh, their list of guys on the injured list right now, it's long, it's extensive. Mm-hmm. It's has guys like Judge, Donaldson, Stanton. I, if, you have a, another, if you have another 20 minutes, I can list the rest of them. Um, 
Do you think sure. with the guys they have filling in right now, uh, they can stay relevant enough until the roster gets healthy? I think I think they they can be okay. Like I think I I don't think they're gonna go on a 12 game winning streak, but I think they can get, you know, n- maybe above the Red Sox in the AL East. Like I think they can at least win a few series moving forward, but it's one of the things they were even talking about on the broadcast. Like now the pitchers feel so much pressure because they're saying like, well, the offense can't even score a run. So if I give up two runs, then we're going to lose this game. I was also talking about this. I forgot what, what I was on. or Maybe it was a video. I was saying that like, it's, it, it's almost come down to like, we went to the bench. We went to triple a, we went to like the benches, benches, bench, and there's just like no one else to go to. So I mean, yesterday they said they think Bader will be fine. Um, he collided in the outfield. Peraza rolled his ankle. I'm like, no, no, we can't afford – we can't afford any more people. There's, like, physically not bodies to get on the field. Um, but, I mean, when Judge comes back, it'll be okay. But everyone else, it's another couple weeks. So I think they can hold their own. I, I don't expect them to go on a tear, though. I feel like this was the case last year, too. It's like – you're just praying to God Aaron Judge does something awesome every night because the rest of the guys in the lineup are hitting like under 200. Um, yes. And it's interesting now because you are having to go to guys that like, I forgot Jake Bowers was even playing baseball and he was playing right field. Yeah. Um, no offense to Jake Bowers. He has an awesome haircut. But yes. it's 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 a tough scene when, when the Yankees lineup is, you have like the top three are recognizable and then the rest of it is, we're, we're trying. Yes. Yes. Like it was the other day. I think I know the exact game you're talking about, but well, Bowers was in last night, but a couple of days ago, it was like Hicks and left IKF, who was a shortstop and a third baseman in center field. And then Willie Cal, no, it wasn't Willie Cal, and Franchi Cordero in right field. And I'm going like, nothing against these guys, but like, what, what is going on here? <laughs> like, it's not a traditional I mean? Yankees lineup. Yeah. It's not very, the Bronx Bombers. Very untraditional. I mean, they have Rizzo now, DJ, and labor and and Volpe that's really gonna have to you know pull some weight but that's four guys you know so it's it's been it's been rough it's been rough we'll see and they have the Rays this weekend so fingers crossed has Volpe uh has he kind of endeared himself to the Yankees fan base now I know he started rough it was like one for 30 or something he was in a horrific slump but ever since then he's been pretty solid and you know I think Yankees fans might turn to him as like the next coming of I don't know local kid like he seems like he's like a really, really cool guy to root for. Yes. Yes. I think in true Yankee fan fashion, if you don't go five for five on opening day as the starting shortstop, they're like, oh, write him off. He sucks. He's awful. Like, guys, come on. Really? Like, I think it's also t- like 20. Oh, his birthday was last week. He's 23 years old. 23 years old. And he's the starting shortstop for the New York Yankees. Like, can you cut the kid a break? But he actually has been very well in the last, I, would say, I think it's his stretch has been last 16 games now. He's been doing a lot better, so now the fans love him. I mean, he does that cool thing where he kisses the Yankee logo when they do the roll call. He gets he did get his first um, roll call at Yankee Stadium where he like came out, everyone stood up, clapped for him. So I think that they are coming around. But yes, they were very hesitant at first. Yeah, I'm just surprised you had his birthday like remembered off the top of the head as quickly as you did. I'm like. <laughs> I remember Mike, cool. Mike, Michael said it on the broadcast when I was watching the game. It was like, he said, oh, Judge's birthday's today, and then Volpe's is in a couple of days. They're both like April babies. I have a weird memory like that. 
Yeah, no, I I forget my mom's birthday sometimes, so it's <laughs> it's fine. Just have uh, the whole roster's birthdays on the back burner. Yeah, you got you got the one through nine in the lineup. Like, hey, Jake Bowers, uh, May fifteenth. So coming up, it's like, all right. Um, oh gosh, so funny. What uh? We interrupt this episode to bring you a word from the official sponsor of Not For Long Media and the Breaking Bats podcast, the original Fudge Kitchen. It is a staple of the Jersey Shore with six locations in Cape May, Wildwood, North Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. The original Fudge Kitchen makes all of their fudge in-store guaranteed a delicious product, so stop by and let them know that Not For Long Media and Breaking Bats sent you. Check them out online at fudgekitchenswithans.com as they are shipping fudge and sweet treats all across the country. Now back to the episode. Who who are some of the people that have drawn the most ire from Yankees fans? Who have been some of the guys that they've been taking it out on? Um, you know, it could be this year. I know last year there's a bunch of them, but who do you think is catching the most flack right now on the Yankees? Aaron Hicks, definitely Aaron oh. Hicks. They're they're very angry. Um, I under I do understand where they're coming from. The problem is Hicks used to be great. Like he gave the Yankees so many incredible moments: walk off home runs, walk off grand slams, game tying hits, you know, it's just, he hasn't been able to stay consistent in I think three years now. And I think people are very frustrated. And it also seems that there is a lack of urgency when he's playing the outfield and you almost have to like cross your fingers when the ball is hit there. But yes, he is, he's getting a lot of hate. IKF who used to be, I think every Yankee fan's worst enemy. Like I think they hated IKF more than Mets fans, which I don't know why is actually coming up. Everyone likes him now as the utility guy. You know, he's going to run. He's going to play center field. He's going to play third when they need him to play third. Um, he was in right field yesterday. Like, you know, he's just going to go everywhere. He's going to be the utility guy. So he has been, oh no, left field yesterday. Bowers was in right. Played left field yesterday. I think it was his first start in left. So he has been the guy that people are now warming up to. But Hicks, Hicks is definitely getting the brunt of it because Donaldson is still in the IL. When Donaldson comes back, he's also going to get he's going to get patronized. So it's going to be tough. Donaldson. I think Donaldson, if he was healthy right now, he would be, he would be bearing that cross of getting screamed at by Yankees fans all game. Cause I feel like every year, last year too, when he was hitting 200 the entire time and it was just, yeah. just everybody was, was hating on him. Um, yes. But he's the bringer of rain. So it's like, Hey, you know, why not? <laughs> yeah. But like, do um, you know, yeah. you know the roll call that they do in Yankee stadium when they, so they all like yell there. Okay. Oh my gosh. This is so mm-hmm. fun. Learn some new. Okay. Please tell me. So what they do is every game, they'll yell, they'll be like, Rizzo, Rizzo. And then he, but they'll do it until he turns around. So he'll turn around and like wave to the fans. Like they'll do something. So for Hicks, what they've been doing now is they'll say like, Aaron Hicks sucks. So now he's not even acknowledging the fans. Like every player on the field acknowledges the fans. They say like, thank you to the bleachers. Like, thank you for acknowledging me. Hicks is now just not even, he's not even acknowledged them. So it's been, it's been tough for him. I feel like I saw a video about that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I think Bader turned around and they couldn't get Hicks to turn around. It's like, yeah, yes. I mean, why would he, why would I acknowledge? <laughs> why would I, I wouldn't. Acknowledge yeah. <laughs> hey guys. Thank you. Um, what about Carlos Rodon? He is still on the injured list. It's has, has that been a tough thing? Do you think Yankees fans are starting to turn on him or will turn on him if they haven't already just because like he's pain free, but he just, something doesn't feel right. I think Jared Caraba said the vibes were off. So he's just, not coming Sorry. back. Yeah. Yes. What, yes. Uh, what's, what's that been like with, with him waiting for him to come to the Yankees so far? Yeah. So we, everyone was very excited about Radon. Fun fact. I actually worked his press conference when I was still at yes. That was so cool. So I got to like talk to him. He was cool. Um, everyone was really excited, you know, amped up. Great. But 
the problem is is exactly what you just said. The article that just came out that said he's not in pain. They don't see anything like on the MRIs. Like they don't see anything wrong, but like his back doesn't feel right. So I think in Yankees fans' eyes, they're saying like, what do you mean it doesn't feel right? Like what doesn't feel right about his back? If he's not in pain, why isn't he pitching? You know what I mean? And like the fact that they can't even give like a definite timetable as well is what's also frustrating Yankee fans. I don't even, I don't even know what is going on. And in my personal opinion, if it's like a mental health thing or if it's like something related, like I think you can just like come out and I think we, we've grown, like you can come out and say that. But I think the frustration is coming from the fact that they're not getting like a definite answer on what's going on. And he's supposed to come in and be the number two pitcher and we don't even know when he's going to come back. And we currently have like one starter that we were counting and Herman too, that we were counting on this year. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, Garrett Cole's pitching his heart out every single night. He's looking like the AL Cy Young, but you're right. They did just go out and spend all that money. And Mm -hmm. I was, I I read that article too, where it's like, I think it's like mechanically, it's just, he's not, something's not right or something, but it's like, yeah, no, I feel, I feel totally fine. That's it's a weird report. Like if I read that my yes. that my big starting pitcher was just like you know not not for it that day or something like ah not, not today. I'd be like wait what? Right. So and, crazy. Yeah. And like the the journalist in me was like, why didn't the media press this further and say like, okay, I'm sorry if there's nothing wrong with his back, if he's not injured, he's not in pain. Why? Like I would have just came out and said, Boone, why isn't he pitching? That doesn't even make sense. Like. I don't know. The mechanics aren't right. Weird, weird, weird stuff. I have also been seeing the fire Aaron Boone chants have been getting louder and louder. I mean, they were there last year too, but then they gave him an extension. Um, Do you foresee that coming to a head at some point this year? Um, He's making questionable decisions. I think he pulled, didn't he pull a starter out in the ninth the other night? He was pitching like, yeah. So it's just making little head scratching moves. I don't know. What do you think? I don't think he's going anywhere. um, Despite Yankee fans, want for him to i don't agree with some of the decisions that he makes but i mean at the end of the day like he's he's not i know he's not going anywhere you have to just respect him and i talked about this a little bit on my page but in cashman's eyes and hal steinbrenner's eyes they're like we went to the alcs last year so we did everything we could like we were the last four teams in major league baseball so they think that it's a success. Yankee fans are like, no, it's World Series or die, like World Series or bus, as the late George Steinbrenner used to say. But I don't think Boone is going anywhere. I didn't agree with that decision to take Herman out. But again, you know, I'm not the manager. But I, I again, I don't think he's going anywhere. I feel like the tone from Brian Cashman on all these things, when he, whenever he's pressed, is like, hey, guys, we're doing the best we can. It's like, hey, oh, last year your trade deadline was, wasn't great. Looking back, what do you think about it? We tried. It's we tried. Like, we did yeah. the best we can. We're always we're always looking. We're always looking for moves. I'm like, are we going to make any moves? <laughs> are we just looking? We're just shopping around. That's pretty much every Brian Cashman press conference where him he's in the dugout with all the little mics pressed against. Like, hey guys, we're doing the best we can. We're, we're trying. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else you want us to do. <laughs> we're doing exactly. Everything we can. <laughs> well, if somebody's earnestly trying, can you really be mad at them? No, and like, I, I people really get on Cashman, and I understand because. I think it's because of the prior management and they are used to that hardcore, like, no, I will spend, I will be Steve Cohen. I will spend every single dime that I have and I will go out and I will put the best talent on the field 
that's what they're used to. And I think they now have a different way that the Yankees go about things. You know, they said this offseason, we're not done yet after they signed Carlos Rodon, but they were done. Like they didn't sign a left fielder like everyone was hoping for. They lost Ben Tendi, didn't sign the left fielder. So it's like almost like they keep they make these promises to and they like give you little spurts of information like, no, we're not done. Like, no, we're gonna go out and get a pitcher. No, we're gonna go to get another reliever. But then it doesn't happen. So I think that's what frustrates Yankee fans. That's very well put. Yeah, I think yeah. it's like, hey guys, well, we're like we got you, Aaron Judge. So that's that should yeah. that should uh, you know quiet all the the people clamoring for more people. Yeah, the the not getting an extra corner outfielder. I did, I was reading about that too. They were like was kind of questioning that. Looking back, it's like, hey, maybe what if we just traded for one or signed one? Um, yeah, Willie Calhoun. Yeah. Yeah. Willie Calhoun. We'll get Jake Bowers. Everything's fine. Yeah, Frankie Cordero. Just put <laughs> him out there. Frankie Cordero. You, you guys called him the, the the next Babe Ruth for the first week. Um, so it looked like it worked for about a week there. Oh my gosh! So that's like the that's how funny Yankee fans are. They get so excited, and then they're like, "He sucks." Never put Frankie Cordero in again. I'm like, wait, you guys were raving about him last week what happened <laughs> like at least cubs fans like i was saying this too like they like live and die they're like oh no i'm gonna live and die with my players yankee fans are like no i'll write you off the second you don't do what i want you to do it's interesting hearing like how each fan base views like their team and the future of it like um i was talking to a guardians fan on here last week and she was telling me about like she's so locked in to all of the prospects she's top 30 prospect like ranking out like she knows right. everybody that's coming up like she's like i think most guardians fans are like that or how would you ca- classify yankees fans are they a little more reactionary do they do they go in depth with the the knowledge of the team like does it how does that work with yankee fans they're they're very passionate is the best way i would describe a yankee fan like they they like live and die with the new york yankees like they're like this is my team but they also simultaneously get very angry, but never at like the players. They get mad more at like management upstairs. They're not so much like going into depth. Like everyone knew about Anthony Volpe coming up. Like they'll go with like few top prospects, definitely not in depth for like 30 top prospects. Like no way. Like nobody knows about like Austin Wells or like everyone else in the minor leagues that can come up in a few years. But they, yes, they're, they're very passionate, but they're also hard to please. Like I remember we saw last year Aaron Judge goes, breaks the American League home run record. Everyone's like, yes, Aaron Judge, we love you. Thank you. 62, let's go. Aaron Judge is hitting like 176 in the playoffs. He's getting booed. They're booing him at Yankee Stadium. I'm like, guys, guys, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's just time out, time out. He just broke the AL home run record. Like, don't you think, let's just, let's put yourself in his position for a second. The whole year, everyone's going, are you going to break it? Are you going to break it? Now he's like, oh, yes, I broke it. Oh, I have to go play in the playoffs now. Like now I have more, more work to do. Like, you don't think he's like mentally exhausted? Nope. We're going to boo him at the stadium. So it's like, if you don't perform, they write you off because they're so passionate. You, you're the most rational level-headed <laughs> fan of the New York Yankees. I think ever, I think I try that. What, what a breakdown that was. That was incredible. I think Thanks. there's definitely a market for people that can like be the liaison between Yankees fans and like rational baseball fans. It's like, Hey, I'm here. Here, I'm going to tell it to you straight and I'm not going to have like slick back hair and a gold chain on and a Jersey with the name on the back. I yep, think exactly. there's, there's something here. Yeah. <laughs> I should have went into PR. Do you see how good I am at just like defending? The oh, you could spin zone your way out of anything. Yeah. 
I could spin yeah. this so many ways. Oh, absolutely. You could you could take the Yankees could be on like a 10 game losing streak and you'd come on here and give me five solid minutes about why <laughs> things aren't as bad. <laughs> I mean, so I did this research and did you know that the 1998 team was also on a 10 game losing streak? Oh, damn. Yeah, you're right. All right. Oh, gosh, I feel a little yeah. bit better now. <laughs> That's my goal. Absolutely. That. Yes, please. Please do that on TikTok. That that's that's a million views easy. Yeah. Um, I had a couple last last things going around the league, just like superlatives, maybe if you want to call them that. Um, of just like the, you know, I feel like you're pretty locked in on everything else. In addition to being the most level-headed rational Yankees fan on TikTok, um, the most disappointing team in baseball, besides the Yankees, who who would you say it is in this moment? The Cardinals, definitely the Cardinals. I'm like, what? Yep. What the heck? What? I had them at the top. Like I had, I was like, oh yeah, like first or second, easy in the central. And now I'm like, what the heck is, what are you guys doing? And so many promising people to look forward to on the Cardinals. And now it's, it's just like a nightmare. And I feel like they are in a very dark hole right now, but who is your team? That was my team. Was it yours too? The Cardinals? 10 and 21, and they're 10 and a half games out of first place. Yeah. Yeah. And and the central, you know, no offense. Again, I'm not, I know this is where I'm not going to be a level headed Yankee fan, but like it's not the AL East. It's not one of the best divisions at Major League. What are you doing as being dead last? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's my, that's my most disappointing team. Pirates are eating their lunch. Yeah. I was looking at the Cardinals just like, checking out their baseball reference because admittedly I haven't tuned in to see a lot of their games. Their their starting rotation is the worst thing I've ever seen. Their mm-hmm. ERA is five as a staff. Oh my God. And I'm just like, all right, well, well, they have Arenado and Goldschmidt. It's like Goldschmidt's hitting, but Arenado's striking out twice as much as he did last year. So um, horrible. Pirates are, Pirates are going to win that division this year. Book it. Pirates, Pirates are cruising. I, they might. I mean, I kind of, I think that would be really cool if they did, honestly. Like good for Pirates fans. They deserve it. Absolutely. Yeah. Who is your most surprising team in baseball? Ooh, surprising. Okay. I'll give you like kind of back and forth. Surprising was Dodgers in the beginning, but now I'm kind of like, oh, surprising in a good way because now they're just rolling. Like now they're doing really well, but they kind of had that like shaky start. But now I think that they're kind of getting back on track, like, you know, putting 13 runs against the Phillies. I mean, insanity especially with the team like that um but yeah so surprising like at first i was like what are you guys doing what's going what's going on here and now they're surprising bouncing back what about you mine is surprising in a good way it's the tampa bay rays oh yeah everybody knew that the rays would be good they've been to the playoffs i feel like every year for the last like five years but 13 wins in a row to start the season is it's unheard of like they have one of the best offenses. I think they have the best batting average in baseball right now. And then last yeah. year in the playoffs, they couldn't buy a run. So yes. it's like to see this 180, and it just looks like they're having so much fun. And um, yeah, it's it, it really did come down to I think health and like I, I don't know. They just they're playing loose and they're pitching. Is they have a staff of Cy Youngs, and then there's people that come up from AAA like Taj Bradley. So. Yes. And um, I think they they lead in runs too. I think as well because they're just like mashing like against the White Sox. I'm like what coming back like that? Like, I don't know. They're just, and I think it's, I love that you pointed out, like they just look like they're having so much fun. They're just like enjoying themselves the entire time. It It's so much fun to watch as a Yankees fan though. Doesn't Tampa like owns the Yankees basically, right? They, they don't, they have real, a lot of success every time they play you guys. 
I feel like it's more split. Um, but this year should be tough. I think last year it was definitely more Yankees geared, but in the past it's like I think they have like 60-40 that way towards okay. Tampa. It's a, it's a tough series whenever whenever you guys play Tampa. I mean, it's it's a yes. it's a lot of fun to watch too. Did I think my second most surprising, but like I knew they'd be good was was Pittsburgh. I was like, sho- I was shocked. I was shocked at Pittsburgh. Yeah. I did not think they would be good. I was making jokes I'm like Oh, poor Brian Reynolds. He's like locked to the poor Pittsburgh Pirates. They're holding him hostage. And now like, oh, made the right decision. Good job, Brian Reynolds. <laughs> there was a there was a meme going around when he was like demanding a tr- or when they first offered him an extension, it was like um the the Atlanta Braves signing somebody for like six years and a hundred million, and they're like, Yes, absolutely. And it's like the pirates trying to give that to Brian Reynolds and he was like running away. <laughs> It's so true because he was literally going to the media going, I have asked to be traded. Yes, I have made it abundantly clear. I'm like, oh my gosh, jeez. It's all part of the negotiation. Yes. Do you think they lowballed him though? On I don't think they did. It's a hundred million, right? Yeah, it's a little I think it's a little over a hundred, but it's like eight years or something too, which is awesome. Um yes. I don't think they I don't think they lowballed him. I think for that franchise, like for a team that never spends money and doesn't lock their players up to have him be the guy. Yeah. Yeah. That checks out. Yeah, I agree. I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying like, oh, this was oh, they totally lowballed him. I'm like, I completely disagree. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to give 200 million to Brian Reynolds. Like he's a great outfit. I think the, I think the Yankees even to try tried to trade for him at some yes, point. Yes, they did. Uh, last trade deadline. Yeah. Pirates stuck with him. And now they have like, Key Brian Hayes locked up, Reynolds locked up, like all these like O'Neill Cruz is gonna come back. It's it's gonna be yeah. a fun time. Yeah. Good time to be a um, Pirates fan. It is a very good time to be a Pirates fan. And we are still accepting applications for if you just wanna like they lost today, but they won't they won't lose tomorrow. Yeah, no, that's I um, have to live and die with my my Yanks, but it's all right. If you did had to add a second team to that rotation of steady watching, keeping up with. Is there, is there another team that you've had your eye on? Baltimore Orioles. I yes. just, I'm, you're like, yes, this is great. I'm mesmerized by Adley Rushman. I just, I think his stats are absolutely insane. I was listening to Flippin' Bats podcast today with Ben Verlander. I like his stuff. Love-hate relationship. But um, he was giving me all the stats about Adley. I was 300, like a and everything he's like currently the best catcher in Major League Baseball, 25 years old, and he's completely turned that Orioles organization around. Like two years ago, people were going, "Oh my gosh, the, we're gonna go play the Baltimore Orioles." Yeah, they're absolutely awful. And now it's like, "Oh, we gotta go play the Orioles." So just him alone, and I also just love his presence. Like him, you know, like taking in the entire field. Like when he made that opening day start, like everything about him and everything that he's doing. I think the Orioles can definitely make a run this year. I know that might be like a hot take, but I do. I don't think it's a hot take at all. 83 right? wins last year. Yeah. I mean, what, what he does, like the, like he gives the, the pitchers a hug at the end of every game. He's just yeah. fun. He's like a golden retriever. I feel like it's like, <laughs> yeah, easy guy to root for. And I feel like the teammates love him. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. Every guy we have on that's associated or has played with the Orioles, even in the minor leagues, I was like, hey, what's what's it like playing with Adley? And across the board, it's universal. Like, he is the best person I have ever met. Um, oh, it's, that's so nice. He's just a great dude. Great, Yeah, he, he's very funny on TikTok, too. So, Oh, my gosh. I didn't even know he was on TikTok. Oh, he does, like, lip dub syncs or whatever you want to call them. Like, 
he's Wait, he's so very funny. very funny on social media so highly recommend um like he did one like he had a bunch of like guys in spring training they were like singing along to something and it was like yes it was it was great so um yeah the Orioles social media team was great they did so many great things in spring training i was i was actually applied to be an in-game host for the orioles this year i didn't get it but i was like oh my gosh the social media team looks so fun they're making their players do all these things I think they've taken like because most social media teams or like managers for sports teams they'll do like the you get the little tiny mic and you have them like like what what it is a hot dog a sandwich and they'll like ask them and then that's like oh that's a cool video but then the Orioles are just like they'll have the players be the ones asking them the questions with the mics so much better yes I'm like this is phenomenal also wait because we're signaling on social media. If you look at the Tampa Bay Rays, whoever is running their Twitter, they come up with the best captions. I have tweeted them like 12 times. I'm like, who is running this? Because they deserve like an Oscar for the things that they are saying. It is literally so good. I, I love seeing the creativity that they do um, with the teams on social media. It's been phenomenal to watch. I, I think you're right. I think I have seen the Rays Twitter person because yeah. like it's a small Twitter following. They're not... I bet you if you had to rank like the top 30 baseball teams in terms of Twitter following, they'd probably be like dead last. Oh, for I, sure. They have like a couple hundred thousand, if that. But yeah. it is that all that's just hard in general, I feel like, to find Rays fans, like regardless if they're on Twitter or not. Like it's it's hard to yeah. fill the trop and it's hard to get Twitter followers, I feel like. Yeah, they, there's not many fans. But I mean, maybe this year, maybe if they win it this year, they'll get a, a whole new fan base. Who knows? I think they took the tarps off of the upper deck at the trop. So I think, oh I think I read that correctly. So, Hey, we're going to get more than 10 grand in there every night. So that's good. Fingers. That's good. Good for them. <laughs> um, I I've seen, you've done some interview stuff in the past, like you've mentioned storytelling, um, which player would be your dream interview? Like what current player was your dream interview? Ooh, that's a really good question. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go with Adley Rushman. If I had to pick anyone in Major League Baseball, oh, or oh my gosh, you know, I would love to interview Juan Soto too. So it's tough. I think I'm gonna go Adley. I think I'm gonna go Adley. Um, anyone on the Yankees, I would want to interview Volpe. Yes, final answer. Yeah. Okay, Rushman, and then if I uh, Yankee Volpe. What about you? It's tough. Uh, Soto, Soto. I, I love Soto. Yeah. Um, have you seen those guys on TikTok? Uh, it's like they're Bat Boys Baseball. Bat Boys I Baseball, think is, yeah. Well, they, they just get the most access of any like people I've ever seen. They're on the field at everything. What? I'm like, how are you guys getting on the field for this? It's insane. The most well-connected with sports teams PR. Um, it's just like, you'll look at it. It's like, hey, we're just chilling with Mike Trout. It's like. Yes. Like every, and like. No words always like the bet like the greatest players too i'm like how how are you how are we how is this happening how are you sitting on the field right now and they're independent so i'm like how did you yeah. even get media passes to get onto the field it, Crazy. they have to they have to like get in with these guys in the minors and then just like know yeah. like the teams through the minors and then just like hey we hey we took your prospect this guy and he was really cool can we go like it's it's insane uh, so yeah throw them a follow if you haven't already i think i think it's at bat boys baseball Yes, um, I do follow them. I love them. They're awesome. They'll like this. But yeah, it's it's interesting seeing like some guys are more animated than others whenever you t stick a mic in front of them. Um, I think Michael Chavis is, I think he's on the Nats now, but he's on the Pirates like utility guy. Like he's always a funny one. Um, yes. 
there, there's some guys that just have personality. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's trying to find them and then get them to be more comfortable talking is the hard part. Yes. Like Garrett Cole, if you watch any of Garrett Cole's, he is hysteric. No, he's like sometimes funny with, if you can like warm up to him, he can be comedic. Like if it's like a post-game interview, he's just, he's being like, oh yes, I threw a slider to him and it was 0-2 and then he fouled it off and then I threw a curveball. Like he's very straightforward. But if you get him off, he's actually kind of funny. So I kind of want them to, if they see this, I kind of want them to try and find Garrett Cole because I think that would be a good one. Garrett Cole and his element maybe. I'm just thinking my my brain just thinks in old tweets and I'll throw another Carabas one out there where I think he'll tweet the clip of Garrett Cole trying to do a hype up, pump up speech. And it's the most... It's like the least enthusiastic. Like, let's just go do it or something. It's like, something. Yeah, like that. guys. It was like, all right, yeah, guys. So, um, yeah, but yeah, that's, let's go yeah. do it. <laughs> I so do. I love. That's Cole, what though. I thought of. Yes, yeah. yes, it's tough. But like, if you literally look up on Twitter, Garrett Cole funny moments. He says like he is really good. Like one liners. Like he said last year, he was like, oh yeah, we got you know, waxed in the ALCS and it never feels good to get waxed, whether you're on the baseball field or at the um, salon and all the reporters are sitting there going, Garrett, what? <laughs> like, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. So he does have like funny one lines. I feel like that's, that might be the case across a lot of baseball players. Well, they have this like really dry, you're not sure if they're kidding or not sense of humor. Um yeah. So yeah, it's it just, it's hard and you're right. You do need an Adley Rutschman there to be the facilitator to get these guys to come out of their shell. Like yes. have Ryan Mountcastle sing, um, I'm coming with you. Yeah. It's just, you just gotta have, you gotta have these guys to have somebody to warm up with. I think. Yes. Um, completely agree. Well, it's like this podcast. Like I, I do it with Brian O'Grady, who's still over in Korea right now, but Crazy. when he'd have like his friends on having him be the guy to like, start the interview off like, Hey man, it's good to see you. It's been a little bit like some stories of like stuff that they've talked about just to like get them to like warm up to the interview. Yeah. And then I'll come in. I'll be like, Hey, I was reading about this, this, and this, and they'll talk about it. I think that's what they need. They just need a guy. Yes. I can like a, like a mediator. Yes. Uh, Yes. Because yeah, I I don't know what, like what sport do you think gives the best soundbite? It's gotta be the NBA. I feel like, I feel like NBA players are way more media soundbite savvy. I, I think definitely, yeah, because they just, they, excuse, I'm not going to curse, but like, they just don't care. Like they're like, I, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say whatever I want. I think, I, I don't know what it is about baseball. That's a really good point you brought up. They almost look very media trained. Like they're not going to give you anything bad or something that you can use for clickbait, but NBA it's left and right. I'm like, I can't even keep up. I can't even keep up. And then probably second, the NFL. NFL is good. You know what I was just thinking? I think hockey might be worse than baseball. Really? I don't think I've ever heard, unless it's on like a spit and chicklets podcast where like they ha- get guys to talk, but like if they're, if it's not like that environment, I don't think hockey players, I, I don't know what it is about them. They just, they don't enjoy talking. They do it less than baseball. I think. Yes. I am not very well versed in hockey, but now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever seen a, a bite, like even like a viral one of any hockey player. Like They're Max Scherzer all... can get a little, you know, amped <laughs> up in the boat skin. I swear on my kid's life. It's like, geez, man, calm down. Sweat and rosin. Sweat and rosin. I couldn't stop then, laughing. Yeah, that clip of him, like the the John Boy breakdown of that was my favorite. 
He is so good. It, it, I I can't stop laughing every time John Boy does the those like the lip reads. Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> so funny. That tone of voice he he uses when he's doing the lip reading back and forth. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's a ma- like anytime I see something like that, or like I'll hear like they're like the the most controversial thing that I'm like this is gonna be a breakdown. I can't wait to see like no, it was sweat and rosin. Just those guys kill it. And the, he does like the whole like Max Scherzer was literally so animated on the field. He's like waving his hands. You can't do this. You can't do this right now. Yep. Don't tell me you're doing this. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then he goes out the next start after the sticky stuff and gets shellacked. So mm-hmm. it's not great for Max, obviously the Mets fans, and also just people are like, hey, maybe maybe there's something going on, and now it's stopped. What's yep. up with that? Yep. We're just asking well, questions. Okay. Just, I'm, yeah. I'm we're just curious. We just want to know what's going on. We just want to get to the bottom of it. We just want the, we just want answers. We just want the honest truth. Yes, Max, so please. It was, it was probably the alcohol, but yeah, still. Anyway, um, all right. Last question. This has been incredible. Um, Thank you. What is the best piece of advice that someone's ever given to you? Oh, life, work, career. Uh oh oh okay, um. What if it turns out better than you could have ever imagined is the best piece of advice I've ever given, ever been given to me. Because I'm an overthinker. So any overthinkers out there, that helps. What about you? Yeah. What's the best? Give me some advice. <laughs> um, I, There's a quote that I love. I think I even have it somewhere written down next to me. It's like, nothing is ever as bad as it seems, nor does it ever last as long as you think. So and when, true. And I, it's... I, I like I think about that one a lot, but also like there's been some like people that have come on here and have given advice to where it's like just say yes to everything. I feel like that's always a solid yeah like any opportunity j- yeah just say yeah yeah just yeah like always. I think my boss actually told me that one. Yeah, just always like say yes. Always be willing to do something or be willing to try. Mm-hmm. Good one. Yeah, because I feel like people they have like. You know, their comfort zone they don't want to go do this whether it's like if it's something that like you're passionate about it's like a goal that you have it's like yeah i mean i know earlier we talked about having to move across the country to a small market to do a dream but like if that's if that's what's going to get you to the end result like yeah it's, do it yeah why not um this has been incredible yes. thank you so much for coming on like thank the, you for the having way, me the way you bridge the gap between like irrational and rational in terms of Yankees fans is I can't, it cannot be understated. Um, so look forward to having plenty more conversations in the future yes. uh, and, and talking all about baseball. So thank you so much. It's ask Kate on TikTok. I think. Yes. Right? Yeah. Ask Kate two K's. Ooh. Okay. Yes. That's a good point. Yes. Check her out. Ever growing community. So uh, thank, thank you. you so much. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band stick figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music. Sonic.